You are listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. This series, called Under Construction, takes a look at how the Holy Spirit wants to rebuild lives. Uh, we start a brand new series this morning called Under Construction. It's the caution tape. My boys came in and was like, oh, have the police been here? Like, I guess they've seen too many crime scene investigation shows, which makes me wonder about my parenting skills, actually. And, um, and you know, I guess they expected like a chalk line on the, on the floor or something. Like, what's happened here? Like, no, no, it's construction tape, not police line tape, you know. Uh, so uh, maybe... Um, maybe we'll do a series someday under investigation. I don't know. But uh, 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 this one is under construction. And uh, we, we used to, before we got rid of satellite, <clears throat> my wife and I got rid of satellite TV. We, uh, we used to watch a show. I don't know if it was TLC, maybe HDTV or something like that. And it was called Junk Brothers. And the idea behind this show is there was two brothers, two Canadian brothers, who went curbing. Anybody know what curbing is? Okay, A, uh, one person. I didn't know what curbing was until we went down to Texas and lived in Texas. And, and what would happen is that <clears throat> uh, once, once a month, you could put out uh, big furniture out on the sidewalk or the, 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 the curb uh, with your, your, you know, your bag trash, and they would haul off the big uh, furniture stuff, and you could throw away once a month big furniture stuff. Well, curbing is you going out, um, usually in the dark, uh, and, well, uh, taking those, that people's big furniture stuff that you think you can use, putting it and taking it off. And so that's curbing. And so these two brothers would go in their truck at, at night, like early in the morning, and, and, and find something, find something that they liked that was on the curb. And, and what they did was they, they, they took it, they put it in their truck, they took it back to their shop, and they rebuilt it. But they didn't just rebuild it, they actually repurposed it. They'd take like this ottoman, and, 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 and then they would repurpose it into like a TV stand that would open up, and a TV was in it and, and stuff. So they'd completely repurpose it. It. And at that point in time, I, I kind of bought some extra tools and I was kind of trying to do some, some woodworking stuff and it, th- that really just didn't work out all that well. Uh, and uh, so uh, I really wasn't that good and didn't have the time to put in to become good at that. And, and, and in fact, I, w- one time I was, I, was, I was cutting something and it kicked back and luckily it didn't hit me. It would have like gone through me and stuff because I am so big that I can stop flying objects. Uh, and so, uh, and, and so it's just interesting and love kind of seeing the rebuilding stuff and the rebuilding process and everything. Has anybody rebuilt anything before? What have you rebuilt? Anybody? Everything you've broken. Chances are like if you broke it, you probably just shouldn't try and fix it. Okay. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. You got all the pieces of the clock out there and going, Awesome. I'll go buy a new one. Um, <laughs> you, who rebuilt something? You did? What, can you tell us what it is? <clears throat> okay, all right. Like with Gideon, I'm like, I'm afraid to ask, maybe. Uh, so you re- rebuilt something? Coworker's camera. Coworker's camera. Awesome. Did you break it? There you go. Well, actually, we were we were refing at Joplin on Friday night, and uh, uh, the uh, one of the other refs actually ran into um, uh, one of the news guys there, and he came back up. He was like, "I 
think I just broke that guy's camera. <laughs> like I ran into him. And, uh, so uh, it, it's kind of cool to rebuild something and, and see it rebuilt and, and if you can actually rebuild it. Uh, but we are starting this series called Under Construction. Uh, and, and the idea behind this is that anything that's built immediately starts um, deteriorating, Right? Anything that's built starts deteriorating. Your home will deteriorate. The stuff in it will deteriorate. And we have one or two options when things deteriorate. We can either rebuild it or throw it out. Rebuild it or throw it out. And when it comes to our lives, when it comes to our bodies, we all feel the deterioration, right? I mean, when I first started in refereeing, I could do 11 games in a weekend. I like, keep going and keep, keep going and keep going. Now I'm like, two games a day? Awesome. It's great. It's fantastic. Like, you'll get more money if you do more games. It's not worth it. It, uh, More money doesn't work if you can't go anymore. In fact, I had something happen a couple of weeks ago, the first time in my life. Like, my my legs cramped from the waist down, just completely locked up. And, like, my body just says, you're not going anymore. Congratulations. I'm stopping. And our bodies just can't go. And we know there's no help in that. Now, some people don't know that because they keep getting plastic surgery upon plastic surgery upon plastic surgery. You're like, you know you're dying, right? You know it's inevitable. Like, your face doesn't determine if you're going to die or not. And other things we might get plastic surgery on that I'm not going to mention right now. But we're dying. But... Also, there's a part of us on the inside that we may have been trying to fix and rebuild ourselves, but we feel like, well, it's useless. It's hopeless. It's not going anywhere. It can't be rebuilt. And then, you know, we're here in church, so, you know, it's like, can God even rebuild me? Does God care to rebuild me? Is he going to throw me out to the curb with the trash? And this series is starting, we, this entire year, we do a year Labor Day to Labor Day, and we're kind of wrapping, up, uh, wrapping this up. And this entire year, we've been looking at who is God. And we've kind of done a Trinitarian thing with God, of, uh, of God the Father in the Old Testament, and the characteristics of God uh, from the Old Testament and such, and then God the Son and Jesus. And we've been uh, looking at Jesus for the, for the uh, better part of this calendar year. And now, now we're going to look at the Holy Spirit. And, and some of us, well, probably most of us, we hear the, the term Holy Spirit and and we kind of go in opposite directions. Some of us go in opposite directions. And you hear the term Holy Spirit and, 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 and that aspect of the Trinity. And we either go, oh no, oh no. You're talking about the Holy Spirit. It's all going to get all crazy in here. And then some of you are like, all right, the Holy Spirit is going to get crazy in here. Right? We kind of go to two opposite ends of the spectrum. And Holy Spirit, we start talking about the Holy Spirit. We kind of talk about, and, and it kind of seems like Star, Star Wars-y. You know, may the force be with you. And we kind of see the Holy Spirit as this force that's out there. And, 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 and almost really this feeling. We, we don't really know what the Holy Spirit's all up to. And, 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 and we know that he, if we've been around God and been around church, yeah, he's a member of the, of, of the Trinity. But what does that mean? And, 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 and actually, actually, as, as one guy put it in my youth group, uh, uh, when I was in youth group, he's like, you know, this almost seems sacrilegious, but you know, the Holy Spirit is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the Trinity. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's there, 
but we don't know why he's there. We don't know like what he does and we may not let him speak very much. And so getting into this series and studying for this series, I got excited because, because God was showing me that, that the Holy Spirit is there for one purpose and one purpose only, to rebuild our life. To completely rebuild our life. So the sermon title today is, is Rebuilt Lives. We're going to take a look generically at, at the idea that God is, is, is trying to rebuild our lives. But how did he, does he do it? And ironically, maybe not so much ironically, it's the same process that these junk brothers went through to rebuild these furnitures, this furniture. I think God just put a rebuilding process together so that we can see what he wants to do with our life. So what does that look like? We're actually going to go to the Old Testament. Ezekiel, start, we're going to start in ver, or, or chapter 37. And some of you may be like, wait a minute, I've been around church. You're going to go to the Old Testament and talk about the Spirit? Man, shouldn't we like go to Acts or something? Well, God started this whole Holy Spirit thing back in Genesis 1. Getting us ready for, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that we, we experience today. And to, to Ezekiel, he talked about the Holy Spirit and, 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 and what to look forward to with the Holy Spirit. And in 37, and in fact, I think that some of you, when we start reading these verses, you'll be like, you, there's going to be like this song, come to your mind. Verse 30, or chapter 37, starting in verse 30, or starting in verse 1, let me get this straight, starting in verse 1. We're going to throw the words up on the screen. If you have a, a smartphone or tablet and you have the Bible app, you can follow along on that. We put, uh, we put an event together uh, in the Bible app, and you can take notes and everything in that, or you can just crack open an old-fashioned Bible and, and, and do that. You can take notes on the cheat sheets, kind of start putting some blanks on the cheat sheets. If, if, if you like blanks, like some of you like, you put do this cheat sheet, but I would like a blank in there. So you can have your blankety-blank cheat sheet now, okay? You like that, Dave? That was good, right? Nice. 37 verse 1. The Lord took a hold of me. I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord. The, the Spirit of the Lord showed up to Ezekiel. It took him away. And this is like a, I call it a living parable. A, a parable is a story with a point. And, and we're actually going to spend a series looking at the parables of Jesus here starting in the fall. But, but Jesus told stories with a point. But this is a living parable. God actually took him out and, he, and, and showed him this valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. <clears throat> then he asked me, <coughs> Son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. I mean, this is like the Sunday school question. The Sunday school question, you know, some of you grew up in Sunday school and think back to Sunday school. Anytime the Sunday school teacher asked you a, a question about, you know, can God do this? You immediately thought, the answer is yes, but uh, I don't even know about that one. I think Ezekiel thought back to his Sunday school days and was like, and these living bones, like the answer is supposed to be yes, but 
God, oh man, that's, I mean, these, live, these dry bones that become living again, that's pretty, that's pretty big. So, so, so Ezekiel went to the politically correct answer, and fellas, 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 Ezekiel, Ezekiel can help us out some in life. I mean, the, the Bible's going to get real practical here in just a minute. I mean, he's like, oh, sovereign Lord, anytime you don't know anything, revert back to God's sovereignty. Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. Here's how this is going to help you out, fellas. Do I look fat in this? Oh, sovereign wife, you alone know the answer to that question. See? See? Bible's real practical for you this morning. Like, go home and you got something up your sleeve now. Some of your wives are like, I'm glad my husband's not here this morning. <laughs> but Ezekiel's like, I don't know how to answer this question because if I say yes, God might be like, Dude, they're bones. They're not going to come back to life. Or if I say no, God's going to say, look, I'm God. I can do anything. So Ezekiel just goes politically correct. You know the answer to that question, God. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the, word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. The Bible's funny because at times when you like wish you knew what was going through Ezekiel's mind, it just keeps going. As if Ezekiel's just like, all in a day's work with God, just talking to some bones, <laughs> just preaching to some bones. Now, I, uh, just, for, just, you know, just to be clear here, I don't feel like I'm ever talking to dry bones, okay? All right, all right, all right, all right. I've been there before, but we won't go there. Uh, and just, just, just preaching to some bones, kind of like, glad I'm not, you know, I'm the only one here because it's going to look really weird, just preaching to some bones, just going to see what's happening, just... You know, just all in a day's work with God. So I spoke the message. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed of the bones. The skin formed to the cover of the bodies, but they still had no breath in them. So, so all these bones started gathering together and they became skeletons and tendons and, and muscles and skin grew over. I mean, I mean, again, you kind of wish you knew kind of some, some stuff behind. Was Ezekiel like, God, I need to go change myself now. Like, I just saw bones get back together again and flesh. And like, woo! Can I have a break? But the way the story just keeps going, it's like Ezekiel's like, just another day with God. <laughs> just chilling with God, me and God and some dead people that just formed back together again. Awesome. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded, and the breath came into the bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. This is the zombie apocalypse before they were cool, right? All of a sudden, these dead people are living again. An army of them. 
We'll get back to that. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. This is a time when, when the people went into exile because of their sin and God allowed Babylon to take them over and take people into exile. And, and actually probably these bones were literally people who died in the Babylonian takeover. And the people... Somebody's car being stolen. Somebody need to... Uh, yeah, go. Check that out. Go beat them over the head, Susan. Take care of it. Anyway, back squirrel. Where are we? All right. Uh, the, 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 the people of Israel felt like their nation was dead. And their nation was dead because of their sin. Sin kills us. Sin makes us die from the inside out. It's that portion of us that says there is no hope. There is nothing happening. There's no hope for that alarm. Like, wow. There's nothing. Like, we were struggling with attendance anyway. Then an alarm happens and everybody's gone. Like, that's that part inside of us that says there's no hope. That I can't recover. That, that not even God can bring me back to life again. And that's how the people of Israel felt. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Oh, therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I will open up your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return to home to your own land. You will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Now, God is physically talking about, He's really talking about the, the, the people of Israel coming back into their land. But, but that physical act was supposed to be a foreshadow of something spiritual that was going to happen. And now that we live in the New Testament time period after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the Spirit coming down on people's lives, we are living in a time period of the, the, the spiritual fulfillment of what God was talking about here. And anything that is rebuilt, it starts with a vision. And last week we talked about vision. What is vision? Seeing the unseen. Seeing the unseen. These junk brother brothers they went around and they saw something sitting on the curb and they saw the unseen in that piece of junk and god can see the unseen in our life and the vision that god has for each and every one of us is to give us life it's to rebuild our life in such a way that he gives us life it's not just to, just, to, just to rebuild the body, but to, but to give us life, to give us vigor, to give us energy. But how does he do that? A vision, unworked, is just a dream. How does he make that vision occur? How did the junk brothers make the vision of, of, of that ottoman occur? They put it in their truck. They take it back to, the, to, to their shop. And what do they do? They have a strategy for it. They have a strategy. It's a five-spoke strategy. And it's the same strategy God uses to rebuild our lives. Ezekiel 36, 25. 
for I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. Then I will sprinkle. I'm, I'm sorry, I started too early. Then I will sprinkle, put that back up there. Clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. He's talking about wiping sin clean. Baptism. This is the first strategy. This is the first spoken the strategy of rebuilding anything is baptism, cleaning. When, when, when these junk brothers took this deal back to their shop, what do they do? They sanded it down. They took the old upholstery off. They cleaned it. They baptized it. Now, now, now the physical baptism of, of actually physically putting somebody in the baptistry and, and bringing them up, that's merely a physical representation of what God is doing on the inside, that he wants to cleanse us of our sin. But we have to see sin the same way God sees sin. You're like, oh no. Oh no, we're going to talk about sin. Yes, we're going to talk about sin because it causes death. See, we're not, I'm not talking about following the commands of God just to make a moral life out of us. And God, God doesn't look at, and we're seeing this, that, that God doesn't, while he sees it as rebellion, absolutely, God doesn't like sin, not because it's simple rebellion. God doesn't like sin because it brings death onto our life. A life lived that he never intended us to live but he says that sin is filth you're like filth come on that's a little bit overkill right what does it mean by filth well god tells ezekiel what he means by filth Ezekiel 36, 17, son of man, when the people, just a few verses before here, son of man, when the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by the evil way they lived. To me, their conduct was as unclean as a woman's menstrual cloth. How filthy a sin to God? Like a woman's period. Let's be real. One of the grossest things our body does, right? Yeah, well, I know, I know I said that, and it wasn't working out too well there. But, but you know what I mean. Like, anybody, male or female, that's about the grossest thing anybody does. God's like, your sin is like a menstrual cloth. Really, other translations just say menstrual cycle. Do we see the sin, sin the same way? But what does God say? He doesn't say clean yourself up and then, then you can come to me. What does he say? He says, I will clean you. I will clean you. All you got to do, all we got to do is go, it's gross, God. Clean me. I'm tired of it. I'm dead. I'm gross. And I'm tired of it. Just clean me. Will you clean me? That's what God wants. He doesn't want us to clean ourselves up and then come to Him. He wants us to come to Him and He will clean us up. The first spoke in the strategy of God's plan to rebuild our life is baptism, cleaning. The second spoke, 36, 26, and I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I'm calling this rebirth. Rebirth. If we get a new heart, we're rebirthing something, right? Rebirthing something. 
And we see this in the projects that the Junk Brothers did. Not, uh, literally, you know, an ottoman doesn't have a heart. So we're in, 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 in here, here, God's not really meaning our boom, 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 heart. It's the ethos. It's the pathos of it. It's the, it's the inside of us that, 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 that in a furniture, what makes an ottoman an ottoman? And, and, and as you see them starting to create something new, you see the heart of that deal change. And you go, oh, I start to see it. And God wants to give us a rebirth, a brand new heart. And what is a heart? What is our heart? If it's not the boom, 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 boom heart, what is a heart? It's like somebody on needing a pacemaker, but you know, you, you, with me. What is our heart? We looked at this a couple weeks ago. It's the seat of our passions and our desires. He's going to take the heart that, 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 that is passionate and desirable for our own selfishness and, and for sin and give us a brand new heart. His heart that, that, that is passionate and, and, and has a desire for, for Him, for His things. It's a complete rebirth. It's a transformation. And look, it's, we don't give ourselves a new heart, do we? No matter how hard we try, we cannot change our desires. God is simply saying, come to me and I will change your desires. I will give you a brand new heart. I will do this. Bring your heart where you are. Bring it to me and say, I'm tired of my heart. I'm tired of what I'm desiring. I'm tired about what I'm passionate about. You give me new passions. And that gives us new life. And that actually gives us more life because then we are passionate about stuff that gives us life. Spoke number two in the strategy wheel, rebirth. Spoke number three, Ezekiel 36, 27. And I will put my spirit in you. I will put my Holy Spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And you will live in Israel. The land I gave you ancestors long ago. You will be my people and I will be your God. I'm calling this repurposing. He's going to completely repurpose us. Where our purposes started out for us and what we want and what we desire and how our desires actually flesh them out into our actions. He's going to, I'm going to completely repurpose you so that now that you have a brand new heart, your actions, how it's going to flesh out is going to be completely different. It's going to look like my commands. And here he is not saying, follow my commands and you will be, be free. He's saying, I'm going to give you, I'm going to cleanse you, and I'm going to give you a new heart, and I'm going to give you my spirit so that you can follow my commands. And see, his commands have gotten a bad rap. We see them as stifling. But actually, his commands are freeing and gives us life. And when we hear and follow God, he will always lead us right smack dab into his commands and his decrees. And we want to be repurposed because that leads us to life. And see, we see this in the Junk Brothers deal. When, when the ottoman is repurposed to a TV stand, we see that repurposed. The, the entire action of that thing, that furniture, completely changes. And now we're not, we're not legalistic and we're not chasing after moralism. We are chasing after the God, the spirit that is inside of us that is leading us to brand new life. And that's always going to look like us. Finding life in his commands. If we follow his commands, but we are constantly living in prune face, we're not following his commands. 
We're following our own commands. That doesn't lead us to life. That leads us to prune face. But when we follow God, it will always lead us into His commands and it will always lead us into life. The third spoke in the wheel of strategy is repurposing. Fourth spoke, Ezekiel 36, 29, I will cleanse you of your filthy behavior. I will give you good crops of grain and I will send no more famines on the land. I will give you great harvest from the fruit trees and the fields and never again will the surrounding nations be able to scoff at your land for its famines. Then you will remember your past sins and despise yourself for all the detestable things you did. But remember, says the sovereign Lord, I am not doing this because you deserve it. Oh, my people of Israel, you should be utterly ashamed of all that you've done. You're like, that's nice of God to say that. That's awesome. Like, so encouraging. In the Old Testament, yes, he, he appears to be a little bit more direct but at the same time if we don't see Jesus in the New Testament as direct we really haven't read the New Testament or as not direct we really haven't read the the, the New Testament but what God is saying here is that when I bring you back into your land and you see the harvest that I'm going to give you you're going to be like why did we ever leave God this made no sense why did we ever leave him the forest spoke in the spoke of, of strategy or the wheel of strategy that, that, that God has to rebuild our life is production. He wants to give us fruit. For Israel, it was a literal fruit, a harvest. But for us, now there's as many fruit, there are, there's as much fruit that can come out of our lives as there are real fruit. And I found out the other day when I was at my parents' house, they're, they're, they're creating new fruit. What was it? Apro- plum, apraum, or plum cot, or something like that, then, you know, where my mind goes, like, how do you do that? But anyway, like, like they're making them new fruit, but there's as much fruit, there's as much fruit uh, that our life can, can, can produce than, than, than real fruit and legitimate fruit. Some of you are going to be good at making money. That's fruit to use for the kingdom. Some of you and I believe there's some of you in here that have undiscovered gifts here. Some of you are gifted in evangelism and your fruit is going to be winning souls to, to, to knowing Jesus. And some of you, some of your fruit is in the admin side and, and, and you're just going to be good at, at making us run efficiently. Some of you, your fruit is in teaching and be able to dive deep with people and, and show them what God says. Fruit has so many different shapes and functions. We can cross-pollinate fruit and just make a whole bunch of fruit babies here. God wants us to produce. And that's life-giving, right? That's life-giving. When we lay our head down on our pillow at night and we go, I killed it today. You're ready to wake back up and go again, right? Right? That's why, fellas, on the 18th hole, you stunk all day long. And on the 18th hole, you get a birdie. You're like, you betcha, I'm coming back tomorrow. It's life-giving. It's life-giving. God wants to give us life through giving us fruit. Fifth spoke in the wheel. 
This is what the Sovereign Lord says. When I cleanse you from your sins, I will repopulate your cities. And the ruins will be rebuilt. The fields that, that used to lie empty and desolate and plain view of everyone will again be farmed. And when I bring you back, people will say, this former wasteland is now like the Garden of Eden. The abandoned and ruined cities now have strong walls and filled with people. And then the surrounding nations that survive will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruins and replanted the wasteland. For I, the Lord, have spoken. And I will do what I say. The fifth spoke and the wheel of, of strategy is, is restoration. You know, when the Junk Brothers completely restored this thing, this ottoman to a TV stand, what they would do is they would bring it back out to the curb and go knock on the door and like, like go hide and let the people come out and go, what on earth? Oh, it's our ottoman, but now it's a TV stand. There's a TV in it. Whoa, yeah. Like, like, like restoration. Restoration. And, and, and the, the, the physical that he was telling Israel, like, your walls will be rebuilt. They were completely and utterly destroyed. Their walls will be rebuilt. Their cities will be repopulated. Their city, cities will be strong again. And there will be life in your cities again. And, 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 and now God wants to use this image of talking about lives, restored lives. Sexual brokenness will get healed and restored Financial brokenness will get healed and restored. Addictions will get healed and restored. Families will be healed and restored. Relationships will be healed and restored. Because that's what God wants. God doesn't want to save you so that you can sit here and wait to die to get to heaven. God wants to restore your life to something that's fortified, something that's strong. Something that's, that, that, that cannot be overtaken. And people will look at that and go, Woo, what's up with you? You were a wasteland, bro. But now, now you're fortified. What's up with that? We'll get to that more in a second. But the fifth spoke is restoration. He wants to restore you because rest restoration leads to life. And brings us more life. There's a strategy that God takes. That God gives. And it's through his spirit. And he does this. But we have to hear and follow him. This isn't like pray a prayer and, and hope for the best. This is pray a prayer. And follow him each day. And he will lead us to a fortified, strong, restored Life is going to be hard at the first. But it was hard to rebuild those city walls. And then when individuals do this, neighborhoods, neighborhoods will get strong. Whole communities will get strong. Schools will get strong because not everybody's not just like tossed in the wind and drama. But they're strong because they're hearing and following God. But why would God do this? Why repurpose it? Why rebuild our lives? I mean, he doesn't have to. You can just go, you made this mess. Why would God do this? Go back up a little bit. Ezekiel 36, 22. Therefore, give the people of Israel this message from the sovereign Lord. I am bringing you back, not because you deserve it. I'm like, oh, thanks, thanks, God. Awesome. Appreciate it. I am going, doing this to protect my holy name on which you brought shame while you were scattered among the nations. Among the nations. 
I will show how holy my great name is, the name on which you brought shame among the nations. And when I reveal my holiness through you, because, uh, through you before their very eyes, says the sovereign Lord, then the nations will know that I am the Lord. For I will gather you up from all nations and bring you home again to your land. The purpose God has for rebuilding and repurposing life isn't for you and isn't for me. We glean the benefits of it, but it's not for our benefit. It is so that he will raise up an army, an army of people who were once dead, an army of people who was once without life, an army of people who now have life to go out and, and spread his name to the nations. What are the nations? Anybody and everybody that's outside the doors of the church. He doesn't do this so that you can be like, I'm awesome. He did this so that he, we can go out and say, God rebuilt my life. I was a wasteland. And he can rebuild yours. He doesn't do this so that we can yell and scream and, and sermonize people. He did this so that we can go to them and go, he rebuilt my life. He will rebuild yours. I don't know enough. Yeah, you do. How has God rebuilt your life? That's all you need to know. How has God rebuilt your life? How is he rebuilding your life? That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. He rebuilt us so that we can go to the nations and rebuild the nations, the people who are being destroyed and may not even know it. But you know what? The Facebook veneer of everything looks awesome is very, very thin. About as thin as an M&M candy shell. And deep down, and maybe not that deep down, there's death and there's filth. And they know it, but they don't know, they don't know how to overcome it. And we have the message that says, God has overcome it. God has rebuilt my life. God is rebuilding my life. And He is here to rebuild yours. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. And the gospel says that he is rebuilding our lives continually. I know he's rebuilding your life because I've met all of you. You're breathing. So he's rebuilding your life. He was doing this as a foreshadow. In John chapter 3 when some dude named Nicodemus, this Pharisee, this religious guy, came out to him and said, Hey, Jesus, you're cool. Jesus cut to the point. And they're like, You can't enter the kingdom unless you're born again. And Nicodemus is like, Whoa. Bad mental picture. Whoa, what do you mean by that? And Jesus goes, says, talks about the Spirit and how the Spirit is like a wind. Sound familiar? We kind of read this, right? like a wind, and, and he will rebirth you. Hmm, this sounds familiar, like we just read this in the Old Testament. He will rebirth you. Nicodemus says, John 9, 3, 9, how are these things possible? Jesus replied, kind of gets all up in his grill, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. You know Ezekiel 36 and 37 in your head. But when it's right here in front of you, your heart refuses to get it. 
I assure you, we tell you what we know and what we've seen, and yet you don't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man, me, standing before you, came down from heaven. I'm telling you these things. I'm telling you what Ezekiel 36 and 37 means. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake and the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes, not here, but here and here, everyone who believes in Him, everyone who sees things the way God sees them and then acts on it, will have eternal life. Jesus is saying, hey, that dry bone stuff, it's here. Here. It's through me that you see that. Through me you give eternal life. Life and vigor. Now. And for eternity. Why, and some of you that are new, and you're like, you're talking about a new building. Like, dude, we average 70. That's 70% of our capacity. We have stimulated growth because of our building. We hit 85, and then we go back down. Why do we need a new building? Or bigger building? Because there are people who need life, who we can't reach. Maybe simply because we don't have space. We, we did these things all around. You probably came in like, what is going on with all this? Just lay it around and people will think you're up to something. No, no, no. It's a visual reminder to go home and daily pray two things. One, God, how are you rebuilding my life right here and right now? How are you rebuilding my life? And when you hear him answer... Faith says you go live out that answer because he will give you life to do it. And number two, God, who are you rebuilding that you want to use me in their life? That you want to rebuild them, their life, by using me? Who is that? Put this, pin it on a bulletin board, your mirror, nightstand, put it in your Bible, somewhere where you're, it'll remind you to pray for your rebuilding and for the rebuilding that God wants to use you for somebody else. And when he answers, because he will, don't pray these if you don't want God to answer. He will answer. Like, I don't believe in God, or I'm gonna, I have a hard time believing in God. Then you got nothing to worry about, do you? Until he starts speaking to you. Take these. Use these. To pray, God, how are you rebuilding my life? And who are you rebuilding? Or wanting to use me to rebuild? And really, for our reflection time here, we've got a couple of songs for you. And um, this is time for you to actually ask God these two questions. Start doing it right here and right now. It's safe here, right? I'll be in the back if you want to talk through some of the things maybe God is speaking to you or, or you're wondering about or whatnot. If, if, if this whole 
thing of salvation is new, but you're ready, come talk to me in the back. Talking to me doesn't save you, but it helps clear some stuff up in your mind. I'm in the back so that it's safe. I'm in the back. I turn my mic off so nobody's going to hear. I'll be there and be ready to hear and talk to you during this. How is God rebuilding you? Who does he want to use you to rebuild? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you that you rebuild lives. You don't require us to build up to a point. You do not want to throw us away. You do not want it to put us out by the curb. You want to rebuild us and repurpose us for your holy name. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you will teach us, you will show us, you will speak to us on how you are rebuilding our life and who you want us to rebuild. Lord, I just thank you for this time. Work in people's lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us. Let God speak to you about how he wants to rebuild you and who he wants to use you to rebuild. You have listened to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. Please find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash my crosspoint.